from them! Everything! Welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and sitting across the world in another dimension, thinking about hot dogs and throwing them at Jesus is... The Rum Guy. (laughs) That's right. And today we have a very, very special guest. A man of many talents. A man who is talking through an iPad. (laughs) Mr. Jeff D. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Jeff, it's so good to actually have you on the show finally. I mean, we've been friends for quite some time, man, and I've been yeah. wanting to have you on the show forever. Well, you've been threatening it, so here we are. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, t- quick question. You got, you, you've known each other for a while. How did you guys meet? Through Corey Mack. Uh, well, they booked me for some um, show at this little bar at Metairie. Uh, called the twist of lime and uh yep. I went out there and performed and that's when i met uh that's when i met you right Wayne? um that was that was the f- second time we've met the first time we met is when you did uh the first i believe it was the first tacos and beer show with cory mack oh and we went we went we went over there and uh you were a little inebriated and me no. and- <laughs> Jeff, you're a drinker? No, no, live, <laughs> fake news, fake news. I don't, no, no. You cannot find one person out in the world who has said that they have ever seen me inebriated. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. At least not one that I can remember. <laughs> I think we'd have a hard time finding someone who could spell inebriated. I cannot. Yeah, tough one. I can. Because <sighs> you play words with friends. That's true. I do play words with friends. I was just playing it before you guys called. Let me tell you something. Some of these guys, can we curse on here? You can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Some of these assholes, I know that they ain't fucking cheap. Because here's the thing. Like, I went to high school with this one guy. He made like a 12 on his ACT. But, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know how to spell the word estuary or whatever. <laughs> Some random... It's like, this is an African plant grown only in the south of Africa. And yeah, like, you know what the hell that is. <laughs> you, know what it, you know what it is, right? It's, like, it's because he has one phone that's sitting there playing Word with Friends, and the other one is in the fucking Google, like, saying, give me some words with this letter. Right. I know that they're cheating. And see, I make it, I, I make it distinct. I take my intellect very seriously. Good. And I make an effort to not cheat. Now, if I'm playing the robot, like the uh, Words with Friends robot, um, I'll, I'll cheat like hell on that motherfucker. Is that is that kind of a sad way to play Words with Friends? No, it's like these contests. They it's it's uh it's not it's not as no it's not as sad. <laughs> it's kind of like Words without friends. It right. just makes you, right. it makes you more depressed while you're playing. Words alone. <laughs> find anyone to play with me so it's, i've only got the computer it's like no, it's like it's the guy uh, who's a champion at solitaire right yeah <laughs> right. 
No, it's like these. It's like the like um. It's these weekly challenges or whatever, and you okay. can earn coins and stuff. So you play against like one was like the Halloween challenge, and so your Ooh. first your first uh, uh, opponent is like Boo McPherson. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, and it just goes up in difficulty till you finally reach the Skeleton Man, and you know he's very hard to beat. And so I cheat like hell on them because it's a computer. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they deserve to be getting their ass beat anyway. Yep. So, yes. So the first time we met was actually then, and uh, and then then we decided to book you or try to get you to come play at the uh, at the Twist Alignment. That's when we actually hung out. You know. Right. Well, that's cool. But I tell you what, you, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say this, and I've told you this before, Joe. I, I, I think you're fucking completely underrated in this city. I think you are probably one of the, if not the funniest guys I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. In the in the comedy scene out here, I mean, you are extremely funny, and I really think, like, uh, you you should be a, you know, huge, honestly. Thank you. You mean career-wise, not size-wise. Right. Correct. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't. It wasn't a fat joke. All right. I'm poking at you. Right. I I appreciate that, Wayne. That's very sweet. Uh, No problem, man. And and you know there are very few comedians um, in in the city that I really consider talented. (laughs) And and I'm look, and I'm not being a shitty person about it. It's just that there are like I'll go see a lot of guys do comedy, a lot of women do comedy, and not very many really make me laugh, but. There's a handful of guys that really, really just, you know, make me fucking laugh my ass off. And you're one of them. So, well, you. you know, there there are some very talented people here in New Orleans, some very, very funny men and women here. Um, the problem, you know, it's a relatively new scene. When I first moved here uh, a little over 10 years ago. There really wasn't a comedy scene, and I certainly didn't have any interest in putting together a comedy scene. I just wanted to do my own thing, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then slowly but surely, it started to build, and um, they've got a great scene going now. Some yeah. really, really funny people. What they can't seem to tap into is money. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's I'm not tough sure. Anywhere. Well, I get, you know, maybe so, um, you know, and I make it, I make an okay living. It's all I do now, but you know, I just wish that, you know, it's hard to, cause uh, like for instance, a bar will reach out to me and say, well, how much would it be for you to come to a show? And I'll give them a, a price. And then they're like, oh, well, this other guy says that he'll do it just for a cut of the bar, you know? And so I think that it's time for the comedians in New Orleans to really understand their value and yes. their worth and to really start to uh, force these venues to give them a guarantee. Because here's the other thing. When a venue knows that they got to hand you cash after a show, no matter what, they're, gonna they're more willing to do advertising. Mm-hmm. They're more willing to put asses in the seats or to at least try. Right. If, if, if it's all on you and it's just your show and, and, and they, they don't really have any stake in it. They, right. In order and, for them to have stake in it, they got to pay. It's, it's me, all, the craft that you do is is a commodity, you know, and it's it's supply and demand, and you're supplying a service that people have. The, there is a demand for it, but 
like you said, I think I think you're right. I think that goes with comedy. I think it goes with music as well. Yeah, it goes it's with hard. it goes with pretty it's, much anything that you're gonna do on a stage and try to entertain people. Sure, because they they feel more like hey, we're just doing you a favor. It was like right. no, really, you're I'm kind of doing you a favor, bro. You know, don't you, don't you you love what you do? Don't you want to come do it for free? Right. I give you dollar PBRs. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And like, and, and you know, I completely understand that. And, and and you know, like, I try to, like, I book at this little bitty venue now called the Babylon. It, it, it's a great venue. I love the venue, but but it's a small venue, and they can't give guarantees. You know, I keep I always tell bands that I was like, look, guys, I will give you. You know, the bands get everything from the door. We don't take a cut from the door. We guarantee, and and usually other venues do. Um, they charge you for the sound guy. And they charge you using the sound equipment. And that's like 200 off the top, usually. And we don't do that. We have a nice sound system. We don't charge nobody for anything like that. So you are automatically getting everything from the door. And we do promotion for them. You know? So it's like, okay. Plus, that means that they're more promote. You know, they're, they're going to advertise for themselves as well. Right. They'll push because, hey, we get this. We get the door. So the more people we get in there, the more money we get. And, and. You know, and I keep trying to tell people, it's like, guys, I understand that you guys want guaranteed money. I said, but you have to guarantee me those people in the door. I said, well, well, that's true. But but I see I I think that some of the onus needs to be put on to the business to put people in. I think I think you're right. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't see a problem with a, with a bar. I, I, I'm not saying any bar in particular. I'm just a bar or a nightclub saying, "Hey, I want performers in my place. I'm throwing a hundred dollars on at least a minimum of a hundred dollars on the table right now, plus whatever you can get at the door. You know, right. I'm make I'm making my money in drinks or food and whatever. You know, plus it's bringing people in. So I mean, it, it's, it's, it's all about it's all about making the uh, venue have a stake in the game. Yes, you know? exactly. And, yeah, you know, and whether or not a door deal's good, a door deal's good, but you know, like you can't expect. So, uh, a lot here's here's the bottom line. A lot of these uh, people who own bars are not in the entertainment industry. <laughs> they don't really understand how it works, right? Right. So they're like, okay, well, I want to book a band, but I'm not going to pay that unless they can guarantee me a certain amount of people well nobody can do that you know like it's it's hard when you're a, a regional uh oh yeah talent you know like you yes there will be some people who will come to see me but the point is you should be excited that let's say a comedian is performing at your bar on oh yeah Friday night all your regulars get why don't you spend twenty dollars on facebook and and uh, advertise to the people that you're friends with on fa- or who, who follow your bar on Facebook. These are all very easy things that they can do. Sure. Um, and that's what I'm saying is, is there's a lot of talent here, but the business element is not uh, is not uh, rolling. Yet, right, right. You know? and, well, I, I and, think it's a slow roll if it is rolling at all. Right, and yeah. you know every show I do. Let me let me not demean the shows here in New Orleans. There, Vincent Zambon puts on some great shows. You know, um, uh, some other that what they do at the Always, Benjamin Hoffman and yeah. um, and uh, uh, Paul. You know that that's a great show, and I always make a little bit of money. You know, I never walk out of there without with nothing. Um, it's not enough to 
to support yourself on, you know. Um, I just feel like here in New Orleans, because it is such a high tourist area, there has got to be a way for comedians here to make better livings. Isn't there you know? some sort of co- uh, comedian's guild or anything like that down there? No. No, we are the black sheep of the entertainment industry, man. Like, we are... It's a straight-up cutthroat situation down here. Yeah, well, not even here. <clears throat> Everywhere. I mean, think about this. <clears throat> you know, they always... There are very few people who look at comedians as artists, you know, um, and in fact, what's the one thing a venue wants to know? Like, you know, if you're if you're trying if I'm trying to get booked somewhere, they want to know what my credits are. Right now, when they say credits, they don't mean uh, who I opened for or what giant venues I've done, what comedy clubs I've headlined at. They don't mean that. They want to know whether or not I've ever been on TV or really. Yeah, they want to know credits. Like, what what are your TV credits? What are your and you know I've got a couple of movie credits. But we'll get into that. I, I, <clears throat> do what? I said we'll get into that. Oh God, that's <laughs> not. Um, you know, but they're not impressive, first of all. But secondly, I don't understand why we live in a a world why why being a comedian means you have to be really good at something else too in order to make it as a comedian. Like comedians don't have to be actors. I have a degree in theater. And there are plenty of comedians that I know who would be terrible actors but are very funny on stage. And beyond that, it's not just whether or not you're a good actor. You know, when when it comes to casting films or television shows, you don't know why they pick you sometimes. It's because of the way you look or, you oh, you right. know, oh, well, teeth are a little funny, so we're not going to pick him. You know, like, so you have to be one of the lucky ones who's picked to be in front of a camera, right, in order to, to have a credit that's useful and, and, you know, the bottom line is I, I, a guy opened for me in Chattanooga um, uh, a little while back, and he, he had a credit on a Marvel TV show, and um, the, the host kept fucking up the name of the show anyway. So these people don't <laughs> care, you know? Like, I mean, they, they don't care, you know? It's well, just, just let me get up there and make people laugh. Th- that's a great segue into your next question, Wayne, since you said you are going to bring it up. My next question? Yeah, you said you're gonna bring up the movies. Yeah, but I wasn't gonna ask him that next. <clears throat> well, it, 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 Mr. I, right Mr. I read minds. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured that's where you're going with it. You brought it up. No, actually, actually, I was gonna go back to uh, just uh, talking about the you know the you, you said most bar owners are not you know in the industry, which you're correct, and um, which I am fortunate to work with one that is. And like I said, he, if it wasn't for what he does for like the music area, the music scene, it wouldn't be as good, as popular as it is in Metairie. He doesn't do a lot in the comedian area, does he? He can't. He tried. We tried. We, we rode, we rode a fucking open mic. We had an open mic at Babylon for almost three years or two years. And it was started off really, it was hot, you know, people were showing up and it kept coming and coming, you know, more and more people. And then it just fell and we couldn't get it back up. We tried, we tried everything because you can't sell comedy in Metairie. I've already, I completely (laughs) like, you cannot fucking sell it in Metairie. Really? How many people live in Metairie? How many people live in Metairie? A billion. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I've done a lot of these comedy clubs that are located in towns 
that are not big cities, but are, are pretty solid sized towns. And they managed to have a comedy club, you know, um, I think I think when you've got enough people, you can you can make it happen. You Look, just got to be maybe you can't sell open mic comedy. No, you know, no, but you can certainly get people I, to. Well, to, well, I, th- I think you're right, though, Jeff. I think it's I, I think I think you'll find people want to laugh no matter where you go. Yeah. But again, it falls into the. How do you. Not market it to a specific location, but market comedy to the people, not the place. Right. Metairie yeah. has got almost 140,000 people in it. I right. just looked it up on my iPhone. Oh, you got um, a fancy that, one. I am. And pl- that plus Kenner, that's plenty of – plus New Orleans, that's plenty of uh, people but, to, to have a comedy show. But what I'm really talking about – okay, you know, they it's like they want – Sometimes they don't know, business owners don't know what they're asking for, right? So they're like, you know, I I tell them what my guarantee is. They go, well, can you give me a three-hour show? And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? First of all, who wants to sit through a – no, I'm not going to get on stage and do three hours. Come on, Joe. But secondly, you know, maybe if you ply me with liquor and Adderall the entire time. um, (laughs) But, you know, the other thing is, you know, you have to – they don't understand exactly what what it is. I, I got hired to do this show in um, Shreveport, and when they finally came out to tell me the details, they just gave me the date, and I was like, what time to start? They said, well, here's the thing. We want you to go on at 2 a.m. That's really when the club gets popping um, on a Saturday night, and I just said, no, <laughs> you're out of Wait your mind. Wait a minute. Two- like, we want you up there for an hour and a half at 2 a.m., uh, right, because you know comedians love going on stage at two in the morning in front of people who are absolutely shit faced. That because right. that, exactly. that does that really what a helps. Wonderful show that is. Yeah, especially know? when you got the fucking the sixty five of those people that are sitting there trying to be part of the show. Or, right, and that's a lot. You know, you're going to get a lot of yelling at you and a lot of. And I don't have an hour and a half of just sex loud humor you know like um i don't know any comedian that would gladly take that gig well for the right amount of money i'd have done it but what <laughs> i knew i knew there would have to be a stipulation yeah yeah you know if you're giving me thousands of dollars i'll see you saturday night what what would you consider um i'm going to try to coin a term here giggle prime time Oh, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You yeah. Know, okay. A lot of a lot of um, uh, comedy clubs will do like two shows on the weekend, so you'll have like a seven thirty show and a nine thirty show. Okay. You know? Well, that sounds and, those sound nice. Yeah. You know, like you never want to go. You don't want to start a comedy show after like ten o'clock. I mean, it's just. I, I mean, I guess you could. You could start at ten, but. Um, it's just it yeah. just seems like you're getting into the danger zone the later you go at a club. Yeah, because it's the, it's the more they drink. Right. Um, it's because here's the thing: comedians aren't cover bands. You know, I can't just be like me, Virginia, and while everybody talks to me, and you know, just a small town girl. Come on, everybody. You know. Well, you I'm you not, went train and uh, wow, that was and, and that was crazy. Journey. I know. Uh, wow, yeah. this is this is this is better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know like. 
because a cover band, God bless them, but they can just kind of, they're not going to hear what the audience is doing necessarily. And they don't care. You know, and they're, and the words are there for them and they know where they're going. A comedian needs interaction uh, and not, not verbal interaction, but we need your attention, you know, like in order for it to work. Well, what's a, what's a dream, dream gig for you? If you, if you, if you had two people, Two people to be on stage with Dream Gig. Who is it? Who are they? You mean to like open for? Oh no, well, just I, just I, perform. I, I, no, 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 no. They're 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 already set, but they're going to open for you. Who is it? Oh my God. Well, I'm uh, you know I'm not on a level for. You're you're asking me for famous people. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking, yeah. This is just yeah, an imaginary. This is, this is a dream. I'm opening. Like, who would I like to work with? This is a uh, fantasy. Sure. Margaret Cho. I love Margaret Cho. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm really getting into Bill Burr. I really wow. like him. Uh, he's I, I just love how acerbic he. Is. I I had never even I I'd never seen anything that he'd done, and then someone showed me the video he did at an outdoor festival, <laughs> where he had to be on stage for 15 more minutes or he wouldn't get paid, and so he counted down those minutes while verbally offending the town that he was performing in because of what assholes these people were. And it was just one of the most brilliant pieces of comedy I'd ever seen. Have you, I'm not mistaken. I believe he does that F is for family. Maybe the TV show. Have you, have you not seen that? You need to watch that. I I don't watch a lot of comedy. No, no, it's an animated show. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's an animated show called F is for family. It's based in the seventies. And, I believe Bill Burr is the the main guy. He does the father's voice, and he wrote the show. It is fucking incredible. Like me and my wife watch it all the time. It's on. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, watch it. Okay, you, I will. I will give it. I will. I do have Netflix. I'll I, give it a. I, I guarantee you'll think it's funny. Like uh, Justin Long plays one of the sons, and it's. Really, it's funny. Like I said, it's like if if growing up in the seventies and eighties, you'll get almost all the references, and it it adds to it. Like the the abusive daddy that's like, you know, really loves his kids, but he's like an asshole too. You know that kind of shit. It's funny, right? It's really funny. All right, I'm down with that. I would like to um, make a correction to what you said. I was uh, born in 1977, so I was only three when 1980 came. I grew up in the eighties. <laughs> Well, I, I was, I was only, I was, well, fuck, dude, in the eighties, I was only five, so you know, I'm just saying. I was a teenager in the nineties, so while I may look like I'm in my sixties, I'm actually only forty. <laughs> I, I have never once said you looked like you were sixty, sir. Right. Well, you haven't, but <laughs> who the fuck tells you that? People. Uh, people are again assholes. Yes, they are. I, you know what? Here's the thing, though. If I lost 150 pounds, I would look amazing. <laughs> well, you know what? If I lost 150 pounds, I would, too. I mean. I have a friend uh, who works a lot of college gigs, and she was like, you got to get in the college market. And her agent looked at me and said, well, he looks too old. <laughs> what? Like, okay, that's fine. You know, and she said, Jeff, you need to dye your hair. And I said, nah, because I, I have. My, my hair is mostly gray. I've been going gray since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's hereditary. Um, and I said, I just don't want to dye my hair. You know, I, d- I don't want to I don't want to dye it black. It looks weird. It doesn't look right. And then she goes, well, maybe you should dye it blue. 
so I can be hip or whatever. But there is nothing sadder to me <laughs> than a middle-aged person who dyes their hair some funky color to try and cling to whatever fucking youth they have left. It's so bad. It's like, you know, most people in their, it, who are middle-aged, they get to have the crisis and they can afford to buy like a convertible or something. Those of us who can't afford it, what do we do? We dye our hair purple. You know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, Rum. I don't dye my hair purple, dude. <laughs> you know what? I, I tell you what, I had, uh, I had funky color hair dye, but it was in my in my beard when I was younger. Oh, nice! Like I had uh, I had the bright red beard before. I had the, uh, a blue beard. I had a, it was you know it was a thing. But my beard was a lot long. Remember the the Allison Chains when the dude had like three braids in his face, not in his beard. Yes, I had three. Like well, actually, I had two braids at that time. It came down to about middle of my chest, and they were they were different color. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I had a picture of that. Not something that I ever uh, got into. I'm, I'm, I'm so gay. You know, like I was, I was a. T- <laughs> no, I, you're not. Well, they I have, well, they have fun colors, like Jeff. Do what? They have fun colors, Jeff. Uh, Allison Chains. Well, I meant, you know, sure they they had some funky colors. Aren't they like heavy metal though? No. Okay. They're, all right. All right. Yeah, kind of. They're not. Rock. They're hard rock. They're like alternative music they're not heavy metal well they have some pretty heavy songs i mean they dude some... they don't they don't sing like you know they're not well, that's that's not heavy metal that's 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 like core metal and don't get don't don't metal. get into all the genres i'm telling you, you you're you're getting into cookie monster sounds you're completely different you're not heavy metal you're past that point okay well, well what would be considered heavy metal then because i'm a, I, I listen to all of it i'm just asking i mean what would you consider heavy metal that screaming are we, are, shit. Are we are we talking like classic heavy metal? Like, uh, no, don't be technical. I just want to know. Judas Priest. Give me three bands that are all classified as heavy metal, but have different sounding singers. Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, you're putting me on a spot now, man. Well, exactly. Um, that's what the show's about. <laughs> oh, that's hard rock. See, it's. How do you uh, feel about Bette Midler? I I, I think I, Bette Midler's great. I think she has a wicked metal vibrato. I think she can go la and like really like do some <laughs> bad shit, you know. Wow. Well, I you know. Know, man, it's tough. It's tough when it, when you get into music and you're breaking down genres. It's I mean, do, does that happen? I mean, are, there's different genres of comedy, isn't there? Different types of comedy. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, just do what you do, and if it's funny, it's funny. That's, you know, really that's why I don't watch a lot of comedy, because I really don't want to be influenced, and I also don't want to be like, oh, well, this comedian started talking about this topic, so that means I can't talk about it. You know, it just, I I find, you you know, I I just find, and also, I really just don't like it, to be honest with you. Like, Mm -hmm. when people say, you have to see this, um, you know, I've got a, a comedian friend from Canada, she just got a little Netflix special. So I watched her special, of course, and um, Dan Smith. And uh, I, you know, when people tell me, you know, well, you got to see this uh, Nanette or whatever because it changes the comedy game. So I watched that, you know, like I watch the big ones, the ones that people tell me I need to watch, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, 
I can I, I can tell you this right now. I've only watched a handful of comedy specials because they bore the fuck out of me. Yeah. And yeah. I hate to say that because I really love comedy, but like everybody's like, oh, you got to watch this one. You got to watch that one. You got I'm like, I'm not going to sit through an hour and a half of fucking Marlon Wayans. OK, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. You know, he fucking sucks in movies. I mean, I've seen his movies, but I've never seen I've never seen his comedy. You know, I, I like it when I watch a comedian and time flies by. Yes. You know, if I got to sit there and say, well, shit, how long has this been on? Then, you know, I don't feel like it's going that well. Right. Right. <laughs> well. So speaking of which, we got to take a, a f- break right here, guys. We're going to sit here and we're going to actually play the big one. He's coming on to do his sports segment right about now. So everybody enjoy the Wacky World of Sports. Bye. Spanning the globe, from Washington, D.C. to Tokyo, Well, false start. That's seven points removed for Gryffindor. And oh, a surprise finger in the Flippy one, flippy two, flippy three, aerial spready, flippy four, descending spready, bouncing jack-in-a-box spready, Sonya Blade high kick, roly-poly, Jackie Chan bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, grab your socks and hold your jocks. It's Sports Talk with the big man himself, Rusty. Yeah. Howdy there, folks. It's your old buddy Big One back to you again with another tale of wacky world of sports. And surprise, surprise, today I found something that is not from England. I know, right? The last several times I've talked to you, it's all been about England, but this one's not about England, so we're doing pretty good on that one. Um, today I'm going to speak to you about camel wrestling. Um, camel wrestling, it began in Turkey about 2,400 years ago, and it was something that nomad tribes did to entertain themselves. Uh, Basically, from what I've read, and I read a a decent amount on it, from what I read, this is basically Arab dogfighting. Apparently, uh, er, yeah, it's basically like Arab dogfighting. There are approximately 30 annual festivals a year. They are always held on Sunday. In a giant football stadium, or for us, that would be soccer, a soccer stadium. Um, there are 10 matches on a Sunday. So every Sunday, there are 10 matches. Each match lasts approximately 10 minutes apiece. And at the end of the camel wrestling season, there is a tournament of champions. So... Every camel that does well gets to go into the Tournament of Champions, and 
I'm assuming at the end of the Tournament of Champions, they crown a Grand Master Camel. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can think of. I couldn't really find what happens, but... I mean, I found what happens, but they don't say what they call the camel. So I'm going to call him the Grand Master Camel. Um, apparently, early on in the the 1920s, the Turkish government tried to ban camel wrestling because apparently it's cruel to camels. No shit. Um, but recently, as recent as the 1980s, the Turkish, the new Turkish government has brought it back into commonplace because apparently it's a part of Turkish heritage and they are very proud of their heritage as most of us are. So they wanted to keep that in and, you know, I guess show the younger Turkish children, their heritage, and this is what their ancestors did. Um, basically, the season starts during camel mating season. I don't know when that is, so if you're going to book a plane ticket, don't look to me to get that information. You're going to have to do some uh, searching yourself. But basically, what they do is is they get two male camels. And they uh, apparently trot a female camel somewhere close to them, which, of course, instinctually means that the two male camels are going to want to fight because both of them want to get laid and only the strongest camel can get his horn scraped. So they fight. And camels fight. I don't know if you've ever seen anything on National Geographic or anything, but when camels fight, they use their necks in their heads, um, they basically link their necks and try to knock each other down. So I'm guessing it's kind of like camel neck arm wrestling. Um, and they struggle and they, they wrestle each other back and forth until one of them knocks the other one down. Or one camel has enough and decides, you know what? This some bitching camel over here must do neck curls or something because this is a bad bastard. I'm just going to run away. So he turns around and runs away, which adds a different element to uh, camel wrestling, which uh, if the uh, camel that loses decides to haul ass and try to cut through the crowd, then you can get trampled by a fucking camel, which I don't think that would be a very pleasant way to get fucked up to get run over by a camel but it's got to be pretty goddamn funny to watch i mean i've seen camels run on tv they don't look real fast i mean i don't have any perspective because i'm watching it on tv but they don't look real fast so if you get trampled by a camel you must really 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 want a close-up view of this camel um apparently also that during these fights, the people that own the camels can also start fighting, which I think that would be pretty funny, too. Um, your camel whips that guy's camel's ass. That guy gets pissed off. He wants to fight you. Not only is it camel fighting now, now it's people fighting. Adds another element. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I went down to the camel fight. My camel got his ass kicked, but I beat the fuck out of that guy. Fuck him. That see, that makes me smile. That's that's funny. Um, yeah. Um, okay. At the end of the season of camel wrestling, so you go through the thirty annual festivals. Your camel kicks ass, and he goes to the tournament of champions at the end, and he kicks all the winners' asses. Um, apparently that camel is now worth twenty thousand dollars. And it didn't say whether that was 20,000 U.S. or 20,000 Euro or 20,000 whatever the fuck turkey money is. I don't know what it's called. Um, but $20,000, which means if your camel can beat the shit out of other camels, at the end of the season, the guy that owns you, the guy that owns that camel can turn around and sell his ass and make 20,000 bucks. I guess it's not too bad of a gig if you can get into it. Um, yeah, I can't imagine why they would have tried to shut this down in the 20s. I mean, eh, cruelty, cruelty to camels. Yeah, cruelty to camels. Um, this seems like a pretty fucked up way to entertain yourself. Um, I mean, it is in the Middle East, so, I'm guessing, I mean, it, it gets pretty hot out that way. So, I mean, if you got to entertain yourself, I'm guessing going down to the camel wrestling event wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I mean, for, for, for Turkey, this is probably high stake shit, I guess. I don't know. Do they gamble, do they gamble on the turkeys, on the, uh, on the camels? I'd like to think they do. I'd like to think they do. Um, yeah, so, camel wrestling, don't ever say that big one doesn't go above and beyond for you folks as entertainment, because I really thought, I think I'm starting to get a brain aneurysm from finding all of this wacky shit. All right, guys, well, that's about all I got for this, um, camel wrestling, this is, it's just getting wackier and wackier. All right, guys, well, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. Um, I'm going to do some more research, find you some more good stuff, and I'll be back to you as soon as I can. Uh, you guys take care. Bye-bye now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing. Well, that was the... Uh... The big one in his interesting sports segment. Wacky world of sports. He's a, he's a he's a wacky fellow, um, and uh, he really does find the weirdest shit to, to listen to and talk to. I, I I don't know where he comes up with this. I don't stuff, know. I, my my favorite one so far was the uh, the wheel of cheese the the cheese rolling contest that he talked about. Well, that's that, that's classic though. I mean, that is a big thing. And and so I guess I guess if if it's a classic cheese, if it's an old cheese. But anyway. Yeah, speaking of yes. che- speaking of cheese, um, oh, I-, I am going to get into this because I said I was going to ask you about your movie roles. Now, I know about them because we've had conversations about them before, but well, there's uh, only two. I know, so, yeah. <laughs> but they're huge. They're, they're huge, huge man. They're they're like 
massive. Like my favorite story, and I'm gonna have you say it on on the show is 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 the one that you said uh, with with in the Stallone movie, right? And um, God damn, what's the name of that fucking movie? Copland, uh, Grudge Match, Grudge Match, yeah. Ah. Um, the and- first time I ever acted, I acted on screen professionally. I acted with Robert De Niro, and it was really awesome. That's so funny. And then cool. they cut me out of the fucking movie. <laughs> Dude, you know, that sucks. Christmas Day went to go see their son on the big screen, and while you could still see me in the movie, they cut out all my lines. Oh, my God. I know. Now, I know. I've watched this movie, okay? I've seen the movie, but I've never once seen you in it. I'm in there. I'm in there. You can see me... Uh, I'm, I'm in the bar crowd during the big fight. And, okay. Um, you can see me uh, when he's spraying the champagne all over his employees. I'm one of those guys. Nice. Uh, and there was – the scene that I was in with him was we got in a fight. I was the puppeteer um, that works in his club. <laughs> oh, okay. I, and I wasn't actually the guy on the puppet. They had a real puppeteer there doing that. But um, there was a scene. I was going to say I was impressed. I, yeah, we well, we well, we got into a fight, and he throws the puppet across the room and stuff. But apparently, it just didn't work. I don't know. Tiss, you never tiss, know tiss. why they put things on the cutting room floor. Well, but I was also in a Drew Brees commercial. I was really? in a commercial with Drew Brees, and it never aired. Yes, what? yes, there was a lot of getting, you know, calling my sweet grandmother and telling her. You know, oh, I've made it, and then nothing comes of it. So they well, think that I'm a pathological liar. What <laughs> What was the commercial about? Was it about like Jimmy John's or something? No, it was Vicks. It was uh, Nyquil. Okay. Were you, Remember, were, what, he were was you, doing. He he was. He. I don't know if he still does, but he was doing the Nyquil commercial. He was. I remember those very very. Fondly. Was he Was he saying Was he saying Nyquil will help you get your breeze? Oh. oh. That was, um, amazing but no he, he wasn't <laughs> um uh, i so, try i i do yeah. i do own one of your films and it's Jesus. not and it's not the grudge match um the other one yes and i just want to say i just want to say i watched it several times and i actually uh my wife was like she's like Jeff's not in this movie. I said Jeff is in this fucking movie, and then I paused it with your face and that woman's legs open, uh-huh. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "I told you." <laughs> Je- yeah, Jeff, I, he was in yeah. Joe Dirt too. Yeah, Joe Dirt, the sequel, the, the sequel, to the to the award winning winning film. Yes, to the original. Um, and I, uh, it's really. You know, it's funny because my role was to play a doctor who um, was in the delivery room when Joe Dirt's wife was going to have the baby. And I only wanted to be in the delivery room uh, to look at her vagina. So as a gay man, this is a real stretch for me (laughs) as an actor. And um, I felt triggered the entire time, I have to tell you. Really? because yeah, because the director was like, you know, the camera's her vagina. Keep looking at it, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Like, is, is that how they do it? And, and they, what I'm saying is I haven't looked at that many vaginas in my life. Did, you know, did they like, put a GoPro down there? Or was it an actual camera you were just no, staring at? it was at? a camera. It was a, it was a real camera. Oh, I thought I thought maybe, you know, to put you in the – to really put you in the scene, they would have just maybe mounted a GoPro low on something. Or, or, or they would have just inserted a GoPro into an actual vagina and said, okay, here you go. Now, well, you see, when they – yeah, well, that – I, I don't know if I'd have stuck around for that, uh, but uh, I mean, like, you know, maybe on the De Niro movie, but not. not um, Come on. Yeah, you know, no, there's no GoPros. They use professional cameras in big films, so. You know. yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a small camera, you know, and. Right. You know, I didn't want to say a large camera because you never know. I don't want to. You know, she might have been experienced. You know, she wasn't there. Oh, she wasn't there. It was just, no. oh, okay. No, it's just a camera, oh. and then me and the, the other, the woman playing the doctor and the, the woman playing the nurse. I'm going to have to watch the movie because that is one of the movies I said, I don't think I could watch this. You but need to watch I it. I have to watch it. You have to watch it. it it's actually pretty terrible, but it, it th- that scene is probably one of my favorites. Well, thank you. I'm in the first, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. So, oh, sweet. You know, the, fall yeah, I think the problem with the film is it, it became way too long, and it was the same dick and fart jokes through the whole, you know. <laughs> well, it's Joe Dirt. What do, what do you expect? I expected a fucking masterpiece, sir. Right. Well, now, Jeff, I did not write on it. So. <laughs> well, Jeff, I've been in a few movies, but all accidentally. Oh, really? Like you just, you're the guy in the background that just walks through the, uh, the a, a couple times. Well, there was one I actually got paid for. I got paid for um, a scene. It was, I can't even remember. It was in the movie. I think it was in the movie. Um, the one scene in the movie, The Gingerbread Man, it was directed by Clint Eastwood. No, it wasn't. Gingerbread Man was directed by Kenneth Branagh, or uh, Robert Altman. Robert Altman. Yes. Which one was directed by Clint Eastwood? There's General's Daughter. I know uh, Travolta was in that one. Maybe that was the the Gingerbread one. Man was it, – it took place in Louisiana. It's uh, Kenneth Branagh uh, plays an attorney. Part, it, it, part of it took place in Louisiana. Part of it took place in Savannah. Right. Because and, uh, I was in the Savannah oh, you're th- one. You're thinking of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That's what it was, Midnight in the Garden. That's the one it was. Yeah. And uh, that, that was with um, – what's his name? Uh, he uh, got in trouble. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin ah, Spacey. Did he touch you? No, no. He no. Didn't. Oh, oh but no, I, him. Okay. Yes. But I got to. I got to. Uh, I got paid fifty bucks to Jeff drive past the car and flip them off in traffic. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, and I I got to kick. Uh, I didn't get to kick. I kicked by accident. Julia Roberts' purse across an intersection during the filming of that's something funny. to talk about. Oh, that's that that's that's pretty awesome. What did she do? <laughs> Uh, I, I came out, there's a doctor's office right behind where she was sitting. She was sitting on the sidewalk. It was a scene and she had a purse beside her and I come out and, um, wasn't paying attention. And I turned the corner and just punted the purse out in the intersection <laughs> and I heard, cut. and I didn't register the word cut. So I run out the intersection. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I grabbed a purse. I said, I am so, so, so sorry. I handed it to her. She just smiles. And it's like, that's okay. And I said, ha, huh, you look a lot like, yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> um, well, the, the the podcast is actually in a film. Uh, we were in we were in a film called um, Supercon, Supercon. 
uh, where they what? con C O N like like convention. Okay, I think I've heard of that. That's about the uh, the conven- the the, the Comic Cons and shit. Yeah, yeah, that got robbed. Um, we are in there actually. We we did a like oh uh, like almost a whole week and a half on set. Like they they and we actually got um credited in the in the credits. It says thanks to it says thanks to the MHOG podcast at the end of the credits. It's pretty fucking cool. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. And big announcement: we are going to be in another film. Yeah, this is the first we're announcing it. Yeah, so we're going to be in another film uh, starting next week. Uh, we have been chosen to be in Jay and Silent Bob's reboot. What? <laughs> yeah, man. So it's going to be really. We are super fucking excited, man. We get we get our own booth in this thing called Chronic Con. Um, so we get a big booth. We get our fucking giant um, our banner up and all kind of stuff. So it's gonna be really fucking cool, man. We're super you know, excited. I my agent and I parted ways a couple of years ago, and I've really just been uh, um, concentrating on comedy and i haven't really looked for another agent yet and and when i saw that that movie was filming here i was like damn it why you know why have it because i know i know there's something in there for me oh yeah uh so that's awesome congratulations thanks man yeah it's gonna be pretty cool uh me and my wife are gonna be in the film but we're gonna have you know all the of course all the podcast stuff is gonna be there just gonna have all the thing advertising for us uh but it's very cool um, everyone is that's been on the film already has told me that those two guys are super friendly and like they talk to everyone on the set. So I'm hoping that I am going to be able to get an interview with one of them. So that'd be really cool. All right. Well, that'd be awesome. Super cool. Yeah. But um, well, how is the uh, the uh, acting in the in the theater thing? Not theater, but uh, movie thing going in uh, Louisiana. I know a few years ago they were having some problems keeping companies in there. For it movies. seems to be picking up because they got rid of all that horseshit that they were cutting the credits and all that stuff well it, it had it had to do with um yeah the tax credits uh but things are, are picking up here i know that they're filming a lot here they're also filming a lot in atlanta which is not far at all yeah, right. you know um uh yeah so it's happening here i mean look here's the thing la is on fire and will drop into the ocean at any moment so you know they gotta have another place where they can film you're exactly you are correct you're right. sir yeah, I think I think the East Coast place. Yeah, East guy. side of the states is where it's going to be at uh, as soon as uh, California falls apart. That's right. You know, um, but as far as I know, things are going well in the industry. I, you know, I, I read up on it a lot. Like I said, I've been concentrating on my comedy and not really. I haven't done any acting in a few years. Um, uh, but I'm looking to get back into that very very soon. Good. You need to. You need to for Thank sure. Thank you. I would really love to make my own movies one day, but we'll see. We'll see whether or not that porn. That makes a lot of money. I I've always kind of wanted to be a porn director. To be honest with you, um, it's kind of always ever since I saw Boogie Nights, um, I was like, Ooh, great I fucking wanna, movie. I want to be I want to be Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but no, it wouldn't be porn. It'd be uh, uh, narrative features. Nice, nice. Um. Uh, we have some uh, friends that are directors of different type of stuff. So if you ever, if I ever hear of anything that may be uh, for you, I would send them your way. All right, please do. 
No. No, I mean, I don't know if you'd be into being in like a slasher film or something. I would love to be in slasher movies. Oh, all right, cool. You know, there. Here's the thing. I love movies. I've always loved movies my entire life. Um, and so movies is where I really wanted to gravitate to. I was just kind of, um, I don't know. I just really wanted to see what I could make of comedy, and I wanted to focus on that. But eventually, I, I really want to. Uh, I want to make movies. That's what I want to do. Awesome. I actually worked for a period of time at Warner Brothers for. Uh, a movie producer when I was in my 20s. Oh, cool. And, um, you know how they talk about, you know, the, well, I mean, I was one of the assistants that ran and got coffee and, you know, scheduled stuff and did all that. But I also would read scripts, you know, that um, people submitted to the, um, to the company, you know. And so uh, I was one of those guys that would read and review scripts and we would have a meeting every Monday morning to wow. talk about we read over the weekend that's you know? freaking cool it it, it it is cool but let me, there are some really bad people <laughs> in that uh world and i just said you know what i don't want to be um i don't want to get in at the studio level or whatever i want to i want to um i want to be an artist and so i left and my long artistic career began. You know, is, right. is that what is that what got you the bug though? Is uh, working there or what? No, what... I had the bug long before there. I, I mean, like that's why I moved to L.A. You know? I mean, what 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 was it? What was the the one thing that made you wake up that day and go, "I want to be an entertainer"? Well, I I I was already doing comedy. You know, I had <laughs> I had moved there and I had been doing comedy there. The question was. Um, what do I, what do I want my entry level into this, uh, business to be, you know? And so, you know, some people might think I'm stupid that I threw away a big opportunity. Um, and I've thrown away a lot of big opportunities because I'm an idiot, but the bottom line is moving to new Orleans, you know, for the first time in my life, I actually make a living being an entertainer, being a comedian. And, um, there aren't a lot of people who can do that. I don't make a great living. But I got HBO, and I figure as long as I can keep HBO, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> um, I, I don't need I don't need to use my mama's password or anything. What? Right? See that? You that's got what your it's own. about though is is doing yeah. what you love, and I think that's the most important thing. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, what you're doing or the the people that say, hey, that was dumb, you shouldn't have done that. But if you're happy with you right. and happy with what you're doing, yeah. that's because life isn't that long. No, so it's not. Well, you got it. Yep. Well, and, you know, I, believe me, I take on a lot of shitty gigs, you know, like it's, it's, I'm still struggling, you know, but, uh, but we're eating, we have HBO. And, and that's all I that mean, matters. If I wouldn't have given up all of those opportunities, you know, if I wouldn't have moved back here from LA, then I would have never met my husband, Carlo. And there I you go. Him. Right. And you that see, that, that's. Happened. That's another thing, man, is like you never know if you don't do the things that like if you go back in your past and you change everything that you've done to, us, you know, to go back You'll, and do those, you, you might lose out on things like your husband or right. you know, things that make you happy now. You yeah. don't have them. Yeah. Exactly. People are, people are fucking morons. Get off my fat, lazy ass and make things happen for myself now. Right. I need to be more driven. Guys, I'll tell you, 
Look, I'll tell you like this. I told a friend of mine this yesterday or day before yesterday. I said, look, things don't happen to people who just wait for them to happen. You have to make the shit happen. You do. Because if you don't, no one else is going to notice you in your your bedroom or your, your bathroom telling a joke to yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I'm not young. And a lot of what people are looking for is that new hip young comedian who's the who's the comedian un, you know who's in his early 30s that's what they really want so you know i've got a i've got a really you know um my goal my objective is to you know just find my own audience and um hopefully they can afford to buy a ticket to my show well i just got to <laughs> like, like i said before people who have not seen you uh and people who are listening to the show you need to find out Anything you can about Jeff because he is fucking funny, man. Like you got, you. you know, you're. I, I heard your live show is great. I have unfortunately never got to see you, but I've seen some of your uh, video snippets online and they're hysterical. Thank you, and uh, you can find out more about me at jeffdcomedy.com if you want to go there or Pornhub. Keep my schedule, and you know, um, uh, I need to update my schedule. I, I'm also recording my new album uh, on. May 25th here in New Orleans um, in the theater, the Twilight Room that's uh, in the back of the Always Lounge on St. Claude. I love that little space. It's a nice, intimate little theater, and I'm going to be recording my new album there. So, so cool. What's that it is called? so awesome. What's my new album called? Yeah. I have no idea. Yet. That's a funny title. <laughs> I Yeah, exactly. That might actually be what it's called. It'll just be three question marks. <laughs> and an exclamation point <clears throat> um but yeah I, I have no idea i'm still developing it um i'm actually doing a show in lake charles in a couple of weeks where it's going to be kind of a, a rough draft preview uh of it you know i'm gonna have notes on the stage and everything you know and um so hopefully people like that and then from there I'll have two more months to develop it even more and right. you know work with that on stage and stuff. So we're almost nice. there. Well, I don't know what it's called yet. <laughs> he puts the F U in funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right, so now we're gonna take another little snippet break here for you guys. We're gonna roll our commercial for the Fillmore. And Following that is going to be our very own Kyle Smith, his dreamer's journey, right? That's what we were calling it, right? Dreamer's journey, Kyle goes west. That's right. That's right. So enjoy this, uh, and we'll be back in a few minutes with Jeff. The Metal Hand of God podcast is proud to announce, in association with the Fillmore, New Orleans, Chevelle, live on stage. Friday, April 19th. Only at the Fillmore, New Orleans. The premier concert venue. Get your tickets now, or they'll all be gone. Right 
Here's Chevelle like you've never heard them before at the Fillmore, New Orleans, April 1919. Tickets available at LiveNation.com or just go to the Metal Hand of God podcast website, that's M-H-O-G podcast, and click on the link. It will take you directly to Ticket Sales. Chevelle has been topping the charts for years, and now you can hear them live at the Fillmore. Here it comes. Oh my God! The Metal Hand of God and the Fillmore will be bringing you concert information all summer long. So get those tickets at Live Nation or go to the MHOG Podcast website before they're all sold out. April 19th. adventure. It's a dreamer's journey. Our little Kyle goes west. Hey there, Kyle here. Thoughts from the journal, dear journal. Weed is everywhere out here. <laughs> and I swear uh, that these cops, um, I, I, I don't know, it's so weird because you, you go to the dispensary and just you got cops in there asking me if I want weed. I'm like, nigga, you set me up? trying to put me in jail do you want to get fired I think you should hush niggas and badges shouldn't be talking about weed around here especially where I'm from so you kind of understand how I feel Uh, also I didn't know that uh, a a mate latte I don't even know how to fucking say it Uh, mate lattes it doesn't even matter they're good they're good. I got a I got a green tea latte. I got a green tea. My, my, I don't even know why I can't say it now. It doesn't even fucking matter. It's yeah. It's fucking windy. These windy these uh, these windy roads out here, and I don't I don't like these windy roads. Um, it, fuck this traffic. Also on top of windy roads, like why would you put why I can't get drunk. Out here, you can't get drunk out here with windy roads like that. Why would why would the fuck? And then they're all on hills and shit. Lucky I got good tires now. Good tire. Lots of hectares. Lots of hectares out here. And a hector is a Mexican. Just to let y'all know. There's lots of them everywhere. But yeah, this is the Dreamer's Journal. Dear Journal. <laughs> 
Anyway, till next time. Hey, thanks for listening. And check back later for some more amazing stories from Kyle. Because it's a dreamer's journey. And our little Kyle goes west. Hey there, little fella. This whole place is a giant mind. So, all right. So that was all that stuff. We got an awesome concert coming with Chevelle. And then now we have Kyle telling us a little bit more about what he's doing out there in uh, California. How how did you like California, Jeff? I love California. It's it? great. It's beautiful. And I, I, I did well in California. I, is, it, is it a little overwhelming? It, it, of course, when you first get there, absolutely. But um, you get used to it. <laughs> you kind of you fit you fit in the groove, you know. Um, I I love California. I just uh, I just wanted to take a different direction. Well, that's a good way to go. I mean, you 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 did it. You said you did it. You know, you you. you and I get out there, uh, you know, at least once a year. I go out there and do some shows. Um, uh, I'll probably get out there again this summer and do some stuff so you know i still go back it's not like i've you know i've completely torn away from it i know a lot of people there and you know that's great good. Town. that's awesome yeah. that's so good so uh what? what do you got coming up jeff you got anything really like come like performances coming um, up soon or no i'm doing i'm doing a lot I, you know i'm getting on stage a lot um before my album recording but that's the one you know i mean i want to i want to push that you know on may 25th yeah. it's a memorial day weekend i'm recording the new album and i want everybody to come you can find out more about that uh through my website jeffdcomedy.com yes that's great yeah i i am definitely going to try to make that for sure because i want to be there to to say hey i was there when he made that record <laughs> well i hope you come <laughs> Yeah. This may be the last time we get to talk to him before he gets signed on SNL. Right, right, before he becomes right. this big, huge, they, famous they star. They don't sign very many 41-year-old fat guys on SNL. You, know? <laughs> you never know. You know, Remember you, that you, thing where I talked about how old I am? Look, you know look I mean? yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm 44, man, and look, you're only as old as you feel, dude. Absolutely. You know, and, and I mentioned that I'm obese as well, and uh, I don't feel good. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's why I drink. It makes me feel better. But uh, Rome, he's you got know, something in common. I mean, whatever. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to put out to the universe that I don't want something. You know, um, I will always want any kind of um, uh, uh, opportunity. You know, right. So, of if if Lauren Michaels comes to my door, I'm not gonna tell him to get the fuck off my porch. Right, exactly. I, I completely understand. I mean, I might because fucking Saturday Night Live is fucking horrible right now. But um, <laughs> like I, 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 I've seen a few uh, of the episodes. I, I, it's okay, you know. I I think you know. To be god honest with you guys, I think that people are tired of politics, and that yes. includes humor. You know, I just think that you won't hear me. Um, I talk about us and how we interact with each other in my new show but um i'm 
I'm not going to rail on Donald Trump or, you know, like even go into any of that because I think we're inundated with it all the time. And I, I just I feel like people want a little break. It's so boring, dude. It is. You know, it's like, yes, he's ridiculous. Got it. Let's go. You know, like it's, exactly. It's like I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah. He's the guy who mouths off to everything and says, dumb you know what shit. I got to do? So, uh, if I want to hear the news. I, I have to turn it to a different country news. I watch a lot of BBC news. Now. <laughs> the BBC ought to be called the American News. Yeah, it should that's, be because that's what I, it is now. more there. Right. Well, they're covering everything, you know, and, and another thing in our country, we really need to start educating young people because the older people just don't get it, that there is a difference between reporting and commentary. Exactly. Right? Like, so, you know, they say, oh, CNN is is fake news. Well, no, when they report a story, the story is legit. Uh, when someone comes on and says, well, this means Trump is going to be impeached or whatever, that's the that's the commentary. And they do it on Fox. They do it on every single news program. Right. Um, I just I just feel like we're, we're being inundated with all of these this messaging and all of this. And, and at some point, our, have you ever seen Scanners? Yes. Yeah. Love that movie. You, you remember at the beginning where the guy's head just explodes on national television? Of course. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to happen to me. <laughs> I could see that. Don't I do it. I, Don't felt that do it. I, I get one more Rachel Maddow episode, and then my head just going to explode. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like, she says, and we have some breaking news. To, you know, there's a dull thud and then an explosion. So. Right, right. Well, Jeff, before we, before we close down uh, this episode, I was just curious. What, you've been doing comedy for a while now. What little pearl of wisdom could you give to a young comic starting out? Keep getting on stage. Keep getting on stage. And if you have an opportunity, here's something that a lot of young comedians fuck up. If you get an opportunity to be in front of a captive big audience, use your best stuff. It is not time to dig into your notebook and come out come out with that one little thing that you uh, wrote down that afternoon while you were high watching Cartoon Network. You know what I mean? <laughs> use use the proven stuff. Right. The, the tried and true material. Use that. The stuff that you – don't be afraid to repeat yourself, you know? Um, so I guess that's the best. Keep getting on stage and polish your material. The only way to polish your material is to keep doing it. You know, so that's good advice. There you go, ladies Thank and you. gentlemen. So any comedian out there, you listen to this man. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. I don't care what you think. He is. Don't fucking... listen to me. I don't know shit. I really don't. <sighs> like everybody else. <laughs> well, I like you. So yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, Keep, that is good advice. Keep getting on stage is good advice for any comedian. It is. And, and yeah. always use new shit. No, uh, no, 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 no! Not uh, always use new shit. Uh, use, use the trial. Oh, use the use the truck. Yeah, use the stuff no. that you used. To, yeah, okay. Yes, I'm sorry. If My bad. You throw a joke away because you've done it at two open mics. Then how's that joke ever going to get polished? And you know, how's it going to be fun? Right? Yeah. Right, and you know, if you live in New Orleans or you live in a big city, you're pretty uh, fortunate because there's so many mics and so many different people that you can go 
uh, performing for, if you live in Lake Charles, Louisiana, my hometown, well, you're going to get the same people at the open mic every right. single week. Right. So you, you're going to drive to Houston and drive to Beaumont and Lafayette and New Orleans and Baton Rouge. You know, don't be afraid to drive. Get in the car. I know you're broke, but get four comedians. Y'all can all afford $5 in gas and just go to the next town and do a mic, you know? And be Good careful advice. with the weed in Mississippi. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> It's always good to have a Bible on the uh, back seat in Mississippi, you know, just 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 saying traveling Christian missionaries. Oh, there you go. So anyway, Jeff, thank you so much, dude, for like coming on the show. Like I said, I've been trying to get you on here forever. I'm glad you finally made it. And hopefully we can get you back on soon so we can do some more advertisement for your for your show, man. Thank you. Yes, please come to my show. Um, and thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Of course. I'm glad to finally get to talk to you. Me too, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, remember to always say something, Rum. God, you're supposed to help me. Oh, out. I thought I thought you were wrong with it. No. Always I was keep it funny and keep uh, it metal. That's right, yeah. And keep it gay. Keep it yes. gay. Keep it, yes. keep it funny gay. <laughs> I was your host, Wayne. <laughs> Of the rub guy. <laughs> and that's Jeff D. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, to keep it, keep it metal. Yeah, yeah. Adieu, adieu. Parting is such sweet sounds. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Yes, the fuck. Okay, then. That's it.